0: in this episode of Uncooked Conversations, we are diving deep into what makes us different and why being different is awesome.
1: Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Allie. And this is Uncooked Uncooked Conversations. Conversations,
0: where we talk about life, family, business, and everything in between. All right. Well, hello and welcome to Uncooked Conversations. So this conversation is going to be a legit uncooked conversation because we were having a conversation when I was cutting Paul's hair and I was like oh my gosh we need to record a podcast let's go and here we are ta-da!
1: so we're in our new recording space if you listen to the last episode we also recorded here and it's pretty fun because it's inside of the closet in our bedroom. <laughs> we but cleared out half a closet. It's a big closet, though. It's a big closet. It's, it's nice. Like, when you hear closet, I think of, like, a little tiny room. This is as big as half of one of our rooms in our old apartment.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's a large, large closet. So, practically a room with no windows. Yep. Yeah. So this is going to be a little bit more off the cuff than perhaps we have done before. Usually we have at least a few bullet points and some conversation. We did chat a little bit before to get kind of synced up, but we're going to just roll with it.
1: I think you're revealing too much of the sausage. Nobody cares how the sausage is made. They just want to eat the sausage.
0: Oh, I care how the sausage is made. (laughs) I care. I watch documentaries on oh how the God. sausage is made.
1: And that's why you don't like sausage and anymore. And that's <laughs> why
0: I don't eat a lot of sausage. <laughs> that's
1: well, why I go
0: to our local farmer's market. I don't want to
1: know how the sausage is made because I like sausage.
0: So, <laughs> I mean, I like sausage. I just go to our local farmer's market and get our sausage. So, yeah,
1: Eat local. Anyway, eat moving local. on. Hashtag. Hashtag eat local. There's this cool app, but anyway, go on. <laughs>
0: We're not getting paid for it, so we're not going to talk about it.
1: <laughs> Maybe one day Maybe that'd one be cool. I like a eat local sponsor.
0: All right, Shire, come sponsor us. <laughs> anyway, so the aim of this podcast today is to talk about being different and embracing your differences, and talking about our journey, just processing and embracing our own differences.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just imagine the guy who brought like the blue crayon, and they're just like, "We got green, we got red." You know, got yellow. Well, now we got blue. No, not blue. What? But then you could paint skies. Is this suddenly. like
0: a real story?
1: Well, yeah. Pigments. When they first figured out how to make blue pigment, it was a hard one. Wow. Yeah. That's because before, like, skies tended to be more like greens and stuff really? when they would paint them because they didn't have a way to paint blue.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm getting, like, this fascinating art <laughs> lesson right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And then they figured out oil paintings and all that stuff. Nice. And you've got beautiful paintings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That are made out of flaxseed oil. Yeah. Which we now eat flaxseeds. They're...
1: And they turn into plastic in your guts. It's great. (laughs) We just learned that,
0: by the way. Yeah. Kind of gross. Okay. Anyway, as you can tell, this is a very off-the-cuff kind of podcast. (laughs) So, our main aim is talking about being different. So this started because I was giving Paul a haircut and we were listening to a podcast on parenting that was really inspiring us and just continuing to mold our hearts and our knowledge and, and also
1: convicting us a lot.
0: Convicting us <laughs> in the direction we want to go. Yeah. Like yeah it was really good. We've had this aim in this direction in parenting for I mean, really from the beginning to have this more conscious I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I mean,
1: conscious parenting is Yeah, probably one way.
0: conscious parenting attachment. approach. Attachment-based. That doesn't really subscribe to the punishment philosophy and like timeouts and spankings and rewards and all that. Not saying we don't do that stuff. We do. But it's not what we want to do.
1: Yeah. It's not our been goal. have doing it a lot recently.
0: <laughs> a lot more recently. It's not been pretty. It's okay. You can judge us. <laughs> we judge ourselves enough. Yeah. Um. So we were like listening to this podcast and I mean the podcast in, in and of itself was great. But we started talking about how we have often been just different and counterculture in our pursuits. And... The way that we function as a family, who we are as individuals, like how we're aiming, like in our parenting and in our business and in our life and in our whatever, in our
1: life goals, yeah, are just like they feel so different different. than most people. Yeah, than most of the people we tend to be around. Yeah, we're like kind of constantly running into
0: right. And so we wanted to unpack a little bit this conversation that we started to have and just you know see if we can tap back into that energy see where it goes so I think what I'd love to do first which is coming to my mind right now is just talk a bit about our background and history in feeling different and what did that look like for you maybe growing up and kind of in your earlier adult life and same for me
1: yeah growing up I was typically like pretty insular. I tended to like draw and play by myself and even I have a brother who grew up with me as well and I would just be kind of insular, or try to, like, create circumstances where I was, like, leading something. So I remember, like, you know, being at daycare and creating games and getting other people to join these games and stuff. But I didn't tend to feel comfortable joining in with, like, a lot of other kids. Mm. And recently, you know, as we've been learning about sort of neurodiversity stuff that potentially our son might have... Like it's made me question and think about that. And also maybe my mom and it's like, oh my God, all this stuff in my brain. But a lot of it makes sense about sort of the way I operate and how I'm like super observant of faces and like constantly my brain is like, oh, that person looks like this person looks like this person, like trying to constantly like decipher, you know, faces and emotions and all of that. And I think that definitely also made me different. Like I was super high energy and not a lot of like connection. Like I had a hard time connecting with other people. So it was kind of my childhood. What about you?
0: I smiled when you said the part about you starting like games and inviting people in, and you were more prone to want to lead people into something else versus joining in something that was already existing. I think for me, what immediately popped into my head was when I was in, I think, third grade and I started this like save the earth group with a couple of my friends. But like I was amb- ambitious. I was ambitious. I was already ambitious. I wanted to save, save the world. The whole I, earth. At, Let's like, save the whole earth. Eight guys. years old and I like wanted to get t-shirts and everything. And then there was some drama <laughs> and whatever with the parents.
1: And the group broke up.
0: <sighs> well, anyway. <laughs> but you know, just thinking about that, like even at eight years old, I was already thinking big dreams and big thoughts of mm. how do I change the planet, impact the environment? How do I gather people together? Mm. And, but even backing up further, my parents divorced when I was four. And that definitely made me feel different right out of the gate. Mm. And so they divorced and then I entered into kindergarten. And I was going through significant trauma, I already had gone through a lot of trauma, but I think also with my peers, like, it just was really abnormal for, like, especially at that time, like, in the early 90s growing up, and, you know, just divorce wasn't quite as prevalent, especially when the kids were younger. Like, I think as we got older, like, I saw more and more of my friends have their parents split. But I think that was a big thing that made me feel very different for a long time. And I often would yeah. look in at, like, other families and other kids and be like, wow, like, I can't fit in because my family story is different.
1: Right. You know, I, like, I wish I had that.
0: Yeah. And, like, yeah. that's still a longing. I feel like I'm trying to meet today and we're getting there. Mm. Um, and this is kind of, like, a more lighthearted thing, but I'm left-handed. And, again, like, from... <sighs> so I'm so different, but like again, from you know the time I was in school where everyone else is right-handed and like Having when they're
1: these right-handed scissors.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that's a real thing. Like when you're a kid and it's like, oh, these scissors feel really weird because they're made for right-handed kids, mm-hmm. and you're writing differently than everybody else. And still to this day, I get excited when I see other left-handed people. Like it's a delight to me. Like, oh, you're <laughs> the left-handed lefty too. Club. I know.
1: You gotta like wink your left eye. Well,
0: so. Statistically, I am only 4% of the population.
1: Yeah. So already Very I am population. an
0: anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> I am different. I was born to be different. So I guess those are a couple childhood examples mm. of just being different yeah. and ways that I stood out. I think a good question next, at least that's coming to my mind to talk about, would be how have you longed to fit in? And mm. like, at what point did you embrace? Like, hey, I'm just different and this is how I am and take it or leave it. Or were you always trying to fit in? Like, what was that like for you? Did you recognize that you were different or were you unaware?
1: For whatever reason, I ended up outcast a lot of my schooling. And I remember that there was a point in probably like high school where like ultimately I just wanted friends. I wanted to feel accepted. Right. Like that's what we're all longing for. And, you know, I was just desiring to be accepted. And I think at some point I just stopped caring. (laughs) These people aren't accepting me, they must suck. (laughs) Instead of like something is wrong with me, which is like the story that's often told, I'm like, I think I'm pretty cool. I think I'm a pretty cool person. I feel like these people not accepting me isn't a reflection of me not being cool. It's a reflection of them not being welcoming. (laughs) And I think at that point I started to find more people that like noticed that I was really funny or took interest in my drawing. Or I think at the same time I had started drama and that was like a big outlet for my over the top energy. And so being able to interpret emotions and replace them on my face, like be emotive was valued there. You're like, okay, that's what you do in this class. (laughs) Like you just look like something and I'm like, I could do that. Like, look, I'm sad, I'm happy, whatever, you know? And obviously, there's more to acting, but I think I found an outlet that surrounded me by a bunch of weirdos. The drama kids just tended <laughs> yep. to be kind of already outliers. Totally. And so, like, my outlierness, my outsider feeling didn't feel as dramatic anymore because, like, oh, we'll just all be outsiders together.
0: So, for you, it was in high school, that you kind of embraced this. I don't care. And do you feel like that carried with you into adulthood and that hasn't really shifted
1: too much? I mean, there's definitely a feeling of like, I wish that these kind of people would like me or, mm-hmm. you know, like when you meet new people, I feel like, oh, I hope they like me, but it's no skin off my back if they mm-hmm. don't. I do have a desire to be liked, but I also don't, I think, get my value out of it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm like, okay. It feels harder when it's in, like, a career position because then liking also equals money. Job. (laughs) And so that feels very challenging, you know, when you're trying to, like, pitch all these projects or do anything and then nothing comes through. Then, like, it starts to weigh on you a little bit. Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't really broken through that yet, so I'm working on that still.
0: Yeah. I think that's so interesting because you and I are very opposite like if i were to share my side of it now please do (laughs) so for me it was this feeling of i long to fit in and i'm trying to fit in and when i wasn't fitting in i would internalize it as something is wrong with me
1: right you're like the crowd this is what's right right. this is what's right over here and if i can't get in this group then i must be messed up exactly yeah i remember i mean you know obviously we had some rubs Mm-hmm. In our relationship, because of that. You're like, yeah. We're not doing the normal stuff.
0: Right, right. Yeah. In some ways, it's like opposites attract. And also, I think for you, that's a big strength that you have that I think it's one of those strengths that was super annoying <laughs> early on. And it really like, rubbed I me just, the
1: wrong way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. But now. It's I rubbing like it.
1: you the right way.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and so for me, it was like being different didn't feel good yeah. at all. There was not this positivity yeah. around being different. Right. There was this sense of like, you stay away. I mean, I definitely have some bullies in school. Mm-hmm. For me, not physical bullying, thank goodness, but definitely like Mean girl stuff. spirited. Yeah. And like I always like looked and like longed to be a part of other groups. I can totally identify with what you're talking about. I think for me, like I was involved in drama too and I loved it. But it's I always longed to be the more expressive people like to get those like key. Yes. To get those <laughs> key parts. Yeah. And to be able to express. And I always felt like it was in there. It's like if only I was given the chance Then someone could kind of like coach it out of me. And like if someone would just believe in me and see it in me. Yeah. I was like feeling a little emotional now just connecting all the dots. But like if someone could just see it in me, then I could become that. I could become confident and expressive and, you know, sing really well and deliver the lines in a really impactful, meaningful way. And, you know, same with music. I mean, I did all the artsy things. Sports was really fun. I wasn't quite as focused on that. And I just always had this thought of, man, like, if only someone would, like, pull me in and, like, affirm me and believe in me, then that would be the, I don't know. I
1: mean, I think that's ultimately what every person needs. Yeah. And when we have, like, a really strong, healthy family system, you get that from your family. Yeah. But because America and just the world in general has so much brokenness and broken families now, like you're missing a lot of that, like, affirmation and identity, you know, like, you are amazing, you are beautiful, Mm -hmm. you can do these things. Right.
0: Yeah, so I really lacked a lot of that confidence, and I think... Yeah, I just felt on the outside of kind of every group. Like, I was one of those, like, a bit of a floater. Like, I was on sports teams. I was heavy into music. I did drama. I was academic. Like, I kind of was all the things in school. But I also, like, had a lot of different friend groups. Mm -hmm. And I never felt fully glued to any one group of people. Yeah, And whereas it seemed like you know, some of these groups would get together and kind of create like a bit of a always family. Hang out. Yeah, yeah. And like always hang out. be together. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like that has carried through into present day. Like yeah. I am 32 years old and I still feel that way. Yeah. And, but there's this very powerful shift that's been happening in me recently around seeing my differences as a really positive thing and just finding more groundedness in myself. And it, really what it is, it's, acceptance of myself mm-hmm. and that voice that I always wanted someone on the outside to say of like, you are enough, enough like I am starting to find that voice within inside of myself to say, you are enough as you are mm-hmm. and how you are is great and you can do these things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to find a more affirming voice that says, yeah, you can write songs, you can mm-hmm. publish books, you can do all of these things.
1: It's good. It's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work for sure. Like, kudos to you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> you know, in so many different arenas and venues, I've often looked and longed to be more on the inside of things. Yeah. Whether it was church it feel or good to career. Be on the no.
1: And like to feel like there's secrets that you aren't privy to. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, there's that back room. That's where the cool people go. Right. The worship team. Or <laughs> and like, oh, the green room uh-huh. where the speakers go. Yes. Now, I traveled for an itinerant ministry for years, and I will tell you that there was nothing that great happening <laughs> in those green rooms. There was some you know, poultry hors d'oeuvres and, you know, some, like, lime water <laughs> and a bunch of people talking about things. And
0: But I think it's, like, that longing is really that feeling to belong and to be know, included somewhere.
1: Totally. I mean, it did feel totally different. So, like, when I joined that ministry... The person I was with was constantly being respected Mm -hmm. right like everywhere he went like there was this great sense of honor and I would receive that because I was his employee or sort of vassal you know like (laughs) carrying his briefcase whatever I was the, the videographer and like I managed the media department but I had to travel with him everywhere and so there was this sense of like honor that I would receive just because I was with him it was totally different it was a very different feeling and I feel like because I've gone through that, it makes me want to treat everybody that way. Mm. Because, like, that's what everybody's longing to feel like. It's right. like, I am honorable, I am worthy to be treated with respect. It's really hard that only a select few people get that, yeah. right? It does feel kind of unfair. Totally. You know, that, that there's this...
0: Like some people are just seen as so much more valued and so much more worthy of all of this attention and mm-hmm. all of this support. Like, oh my goodness, like we're in a church, you know, a while back where it's like we were doing this huge film project and we were like longing for more support from the leadership in the church. and. Then, you know, that didn't really happen. But then, you know, people are producing an album and it's like, everyone get behind them. Everyone's so into this. Right. And it's like, like
1: the platform is used to push certain, push certain people to the front and yeah. not other people. And it, it's hard. It just kind of shows this favoritism and mm-hmm. doesn't really show everyone that as a group, we value you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing that within the group you're valued, mm-hmm. but then it's a whole nother thing when as a group you're valued. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely everybody's longing for that. And yeah. that's why we join groups, right? We want to be valued by the group. Right. And that's like bringing into the family teams this different idea of how a family works. It's like that's what a healthy family team is. Which,
0: well, and just to give a little background. Yeah. So we're reading this book called Take Back Your Family. And it is just like so mind-blowing and amazing for us and really in
1: line and
0: in line with what our hearts have been for all these years and putting words to it and it's awesome and i think it also really affirms this difference that we have always felt in the way that we operate and do things
1: Because we're like looking at the old way and we're mm -hmm. like, this doesn't look right. Like I've gone through these systems and I came out broken. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to do that for my kids or my family.
0: So you're talking about the family teams in the
1: book. So what I was going to say is like when a family values the members and Mm -hmm. the members value the family, that's where you have this really great synergy of like, okay, together we have this mission, but every person is valued by the family itself as well. And it's just this beautiful idea. And I hope that we will be able to embody this. Like this is definitely a longing of my heart because like when you join a group and the group values you as a group, it's so different than when people in a group value you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And like that's, I think, ultimately the support, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we think of like, I wish I had a family to support us. That is the support Mm -hmm. idea is like the family organization Mm -hmm. supports us.
0: Yeah. And people getting behind you and your triumphs and your struggles. Mm -hmm. And I think there's that one group that we've been a part of that we had some challenges. And the way that the challenge was approached was very black and white. These are our rules, yada, yada, yada. And like not accounting for our differences and not trying to like offer support and help. But it was just not coming
1: with questions.
0: Right. Yeah. But sort of like you didn't fit into the group in the right way. Right. And so, you know... Here's the
1: mold. Why are you outside? of
0: Right, exactly. And so, like, you know, we have some concerns and some questions because you're not fitting into the mold. Well, (laughs) let
1: me tell you, your mold don't fit me.
0: Right. And that really... I mean, and it hurt so bad. And this was a recent thing, and it was kind of on the heels of a bigger thing that happened with not fitting the mold in terms of some challenges that our son has. Right, which
1: he's possibly neurodiverse...
0: Well, yeah, and he's definitely neurodiverse. We're pursuing some evaluations around high-functioning autism. We'll see how that actually plays out. But he definitely has a very unique wiring Mm. of his brain. Right,
1: like the sensory processing and stuff Mm -hmm. that we do know. And so because of those things, it's harder for him to, like, fit in the, like, okay, follow the rules, do everything right. Like, Mm -hmm. do everything you are said when you're told to, you know, like, the general which is also probably not super healthy way that we treat and package children, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, 10 children in a row, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go down this shaft, you know, it's, and what's funny is, you know, when we're reading about education, how they grade children the same way they grade beef. And there's like a lot of the same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, There's a lot of the same ways of like thinking about how you would handle a group of cows, right? A herd. You're like, okay, I'm going to put them in line. I'm going to make them go down the shaft. I'm Mm going to give them each their thing in order. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, now we're going to put them in groups. We're going to put them through this thing, you know, this teaching. We're going to get them ready for the factory. We're going to put them in the factory. They're going to work for 40 years and they're going to retire. And then, you know, then they get to live their life. It'll be great.
0: Yeah. And I think talking about the school and just how broken and messed up the system is. I mean, I did admittedly have a positive school experience because kind of home life was crazy. So that was right. stability for leave, me.
1: Leave the turmoil. Go but to...
0: I mean, it still caused a lot of scars and trauma. Right. But anyway, I know your experience was terrible. Yeah. And, you know, looking at our kids. College was great. Yes. College is great. College is great. But looking at our kids and especially our oldest and the challenges that he has, like this is why we have decided to homeschool yet again. And I've had some resistance because I did grow up in that public school setting where it feels like anything other than that feels less than. And Mm -hmm. so I've had to really combat this feeling inside of me of like homeschooling is a lesser form of schooling.
1: Right. Well, especially because like back in that day, kids would come in that were maybe less. Schooled, mm-hmm. right? They like literally just had to do it themselves. Maybe their parents were busy, but they're homeschooling, and then they would give them the work, and you would be like, "Oh, you seem like you're lacking some mm-hmm. maybe social skills." it didn't or, look like
0: they fit in. Well, and knowledge. still, like when you look at a lot of homeschool kids, like. They don't always fit in with the public school kids, but that's good a reason. good thing. Right, yeah. Like, like they're not as nasty. Are, yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're so much like more... Like, our kid
1: went to camp, and then he came back... And- <laughs> Like he's doing all these things that we he never did before. Uh-huh. You know? It's just like, oh gosh. Yeah. Kill this, die that. Like just what? Who's teaching you this?
0: I know. We don't do shows like that. We don't talk like that in our family and we make it clear, but it's like and now we have to work and navigate like how do we extract this language and this thought process. Yeah. But yeah, I mean kind of getting us on on that path of talking about the differences and being different. Yeah. Like
1: those homeschoolers tend to be more adept at life. Yes. Right. Like, kids come out of high school and they're like what Mm -hmm. you know like
0: i want the coolest iphone i want new shoes right they've
1: been taught to consume yeah because they spent 12 years consuming
0: consuming and not producing whereas a lot of homeschoolers especially in our area i mean they do really awesome things they do a lot of them culture yeah agriculture they start businesses there's a lot more emphasis depending on the family placed on faith and character and it can be such this beautiful, beautiful experience. Yeah. It's hard because it's, it's having your kids around you all the time. Yeah. And I think this is really where... Which
1: always was the norm. Yeah, it right? used to Until be Until like norm. 100 years ago when factories were created, basically.
0: Right. And that's definitely a and that's whole the, other podcast we could right. do. and taking
1: back the family book. Like that yeah. stuff was just mind-blowing. Yeah,
0: we've got to do a podcast on that. Yeah. For us, like we're at this place when I look at our life right now, I can't think of a single area of our life where we fit any kind of mold or norm. Like we're doing We used to
1: feel like, oh dang it. Yeah. Right. But now it's like, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're moving in a good direction. And I think that's like for me at 32, almost 33, this like aha of like embracing the differences. And it's not just this like cognitive thing that I can just suddenly switching my brain yes embrace the differences like it's taken a lot of therapy and work and processing and different things to like digest this about myself and getting yeah. the right voices in my head meaning like podcasts mm. and books and people and all of that
1: really rewriting the story right and
0: what it means to be different yeah. but when I look at our life it's like okay work do we fit the mold? No. We don't work a 9-to-5 job. We haven't even built a business that's like a typical 9-to-5 business. Right. We're doing business differently. We're doing work differently. Even, like, right now, I'm working more than you are. So, I mean, yeah. that's not our ultimate goal. But, like... Right now, we're, like, defying the gender norm of, like, staying with the kids versus Which isn't, like,
1: completely out of the box. No, I mean... There's a dad group I went to, like, (laughs) a while back, and all the dads are the stay-at-home dads. I'm like, this is...
0: But it's, like, one dad group versus, like, 80 mothers groups. Oh, totally,
1: totally, totally. I'm saying it's just not... It's out of, maybe, the norm. Yeah. But it's not unheard of.
0: Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we're homeschooling. We're not putting our kids in normal school system. And some of our friends that have their kids in normal school, they're like, why? I don't understand. And to be
1: fair, I totally get what they're saying. Because, man, if I could send my kids away for eight hours a day, I would be, like, (laughs) sipping martinis. I don't even drink. But I'd just be, like, hanging in the hammock reading a book. Uh Uh Listening to some, like... Sweet tunes. Oh man, I know but life. Instead, we live a life with our kids incorporated.
0: Yes, and it's hard. It's hard. It's very it's hard. But we believe there is good fruit in mm-hmm. it for us, for them, a taste of as the fruit a family. In the age
1: to come. That's what we're going for.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of other areas that were like just really different and outside of the norm.
1: Relationally.
0: Relationally. Yeah. When you look at the amount of effort we've put into our own inner healing and personal growth journey, like yeah, that really personally sets Personally, us-
1: and then marriage wise yeah like that I mean, really sets read, us like, apart gosh i don't even know how many books now
0: I'm not saying that we're like super special or you know it's just we've chosen to put our money and our energy in these places that a lot of people aren't you know we're like hey therapy thumbs up and they're like
1: yeah, vacation <laughs> and i'm like i wish i wish but yeah
0: and you know one day we yeah. do that and we will but yeah. we've definitely put a lot of effort into this personal growth journey right um well, i
1: think ultimately we just have dramatically different priorities or the way we execute our priorities are dramatically different than those around us.
0: Well, and I think even taking it kind of a little higher than priorities, it's vision. Like, we see differently. We see a different future for ourselves. We see Different things that are possible because I think priorities stems from what you are aiming for and what your vision is.
1: Interesting. I kind of feel the opposite. Really? Yeah. Well, because my priorities cause me to look. Mm. Right. Because I'm like family is the most important thing. Then I look for how can I best position my family with my vision.
0: I guess, <laughs> if we're going to get really technical, I guess there's, like, high-level priorities and then, like, the day-to-day priorities. So, like, right, high-level right. priorities is, like, you know, God, God family, family. Right. you know, finance or whatever. Like how do we actually do
1: this? And honestly, in our life, I think it's probably family, mm-hmm. God, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily what I ultimately want, but... You but know, when you look at how we actually down. spend
0: our time in our life, that's what our priorities reflect or right. what our actions reflect.
1: Exactly. And I'm not even sure what it would look like differently, but yeah. it is it is something that we're like working through and considering.
0: Yeah. Whereas there's also the priorities of like my day-to-day priorities, which right. to me is more influenced by like vision. Yeah. So I guess it's both. Yeah. Good point.
1: So I See, think we're both right. That's communication right there. <laughs> so like priorities send us in a different direction than mm-hmm. a lot of those around us. And then like values. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, It's both the priorities and the values, but also the execution. Yeah. Some people will focus on, okay, well, family's important to me, so I'm going to get a nine to five job Mm -hmm. so that I have stable income so then I can feed, protect, house, Mm -hmm. provide for my family versus family is really important to us. That means my presence to us, this Mm -hmm. is how we think, like my presence is the most important thing, not money. Right. Right. And so... Everything we've done has been like, how can we get the money we need? Because obviously being provisionally taken care of is very important, but also like put our presence in our family as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, your kid isn't going to be wish that they had gotten another pair of Nikes or the better video game system. They're going to look back and go like, man, I wish I had those hours with my parents. Mm -hmm. I know like I just lost my mom. Uh, last year and I just wish that I had had more time with her not that she had worked more Mm -hmm. you know my whole life like I was like telling her to work less come spend time with us work less come spend time with us and so that definitely has changed the way I want to execute that priority of family like family is the most important to me that means I need to be in the family that also means I need to adjust my own thinking of what family is like, my communication so that there's health, the way I parent so that we can all be bonded. All of these things change based on what you're trying to get out of the family priority, right? And that so, so
0: good. I think so that's good. a lot of what
1: like our journey is, you know, we're like, okay, well, we know this is important, but we still haven't figured out exactly how to do this in a way That produces that, like, health in us and that we're, like, able to have that, honestly, like, attachment, right? We're trying to create a healthy family system of healthy family attachment Mm -hmm. to one another and to the kids and the kids to us and the kids to each other and the kids to you and me. Right. And so, like that is like the sort of pinnacle goal, right? And then also the kids to God and us to God. And so it all comes back to attachment and it all comes back to how do we facilitate that attachment and what skills do we need to learn personally and then for a family and structurally to have that.
0: Yeah, and this is part of what makes us different is yeah. how we think about these things
1: and i know we're not alone i just no. wish we could find more of the, if you're listening and this is you like Please send, us send us an a email DM. we will create a facebook group and we will go camping together
0: <laughs> yeah man i guess to wrap it all up it's definitely not easy to stand out, and I would not say that we are. Well, maybe you're better at standing out and being different than me. I would not yeah. say that I'm very confident in being different yet, but yeah. I feel like I've had some breakthrough recently. Yeah, I feel more groundedness, and I think I'm also seeing the positive side of being different. Yeah, because I think what, it feels bad to be different in when you, when you see it as being negative and mm. and like it prevents you from opportunities. Mm. But when you can see that your difference produces even better opportunities or other opportunities for you, yeah. then it starts to become pretty exciting. Yeah. And I think I'm starting to tap into that excitement of the difference and saying, wow, this is actually really great.
1: Well, it's like your gift, right? Mm-hmm. If your difference is a gift, and it says the gift will make a place for you. Yeah, But a lot of times we look at our differences, and we look at everyone else, and we're like, We're different. That's bad. Right. And we don't embrace our gift and it never makes a place for us. Right. I think like in the, I may be a little better at the spotlight or whatever. Like my mom was constantly telling me how great I was. Mm. Like, you're weird. You're different. It's okay. Everyone is. You're Mm. you're awesome. And I love you. You know, and having that like healthy affirmation.
0: I think the weird, silly, expressive side of myself was not... Appreciated in my family. Yeah,
1: my mom would just laugh at me. I was always doing something off the wall. I remember like coming home after like Sunday school or something. I'm in my nice clothes and like music came on and I started doing like this crazy dance, like Uh what Asher might do, just flailing basically. I'm like, Mom, look how good a dancer I am. (laughs) My mom's like, So good, honey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah,
1: so we all need that voice. We
0: do. We do. So if that's
1: you, I just want to tell you. That's some awesome dancing. Great job.
0: (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah. Probably a few more things we could say on it, but we do got a rock and roll here. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you. Thank you for sticking with us and listening. And you are more than welcome to send us some DMs on the social at uncooked convos on Instagram. You can also send us an email if you prefer. That'll be down in the show notes. And until next
1: time, we're on the the journey journey with you. you.